Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Wednesday, March 2nd. Zach Lyons of the Football and Other F-Words podcast, Broadway Sports Media, joining us here on this long-form debate edition of the 440. Zach, good morning, sir. How are you? Morning. I just came back from last night from being at Hilton Head, so I got the uh, vacation beach bloat going on, so I'm a little waterlogged from all the alcohol and bad food <laughs> I consumed over the last, you know, 96 hours of uh, beach life. I was going to call it a glow, not a bloat, a glow. <laughs> a glow. You've got that beach glow to you. Like you look refreshed, you look happy, you look ready to argue about drafting a quarterback in the first round. I, I hope you are. So yeah, glad, to have, a, glad to have you back. A lot of demons to exercise. I kind of took a break <laughs> from Twitter as well. So uh, it's been, it's been, it's been great. I didn't take my laptop or an iPad. I literally went with two books and my phone and it was a good time. That a boy. I love it. Uh, reading actual books. I'm with you on that one, dude. That's all I do yeah. is, is read books as well. All right. So today on the show, we will discuss sort of the, the main topic on the show today will be around the Titans evaluating this draft class. And should they be targeting someone in the first round? Is this actually the exact right draft class to go after somebody in the first round? Or is this one of the worst draft classes to go after a quarterback? So we'll have that debate a little bit later on. We'll talk about some of the SEC guys in 2022. I think this has got a chance to be one of the best draft or one of the best classes of quarterbacks in the SEC that we've seen in a decade. So we'll get into some of that uh, as well. And maybe a question I have not heard many people discuss. What should the Titans do with Ryan Tannehill long term if he is going to be here for more than just this upcoming season? What what are the, the, the options for both the Titans and Ryan Tannehill? Um, but first, let's begin with what you've been working on, and that will be the SWOT analysis of the, all the different positions for the Tennessee Titans. However, remember our great friends over at the Kingston Group, Nashville's award-winning, locally-owned custom home and remodeling firm. If you're making a huge decision on your house, of course, the Kingston Group are the people you need to know. BuildKG.com is the website. I promise you, just go check out their work. You will not be disappointed. And whether you use them or not, they will make your life better, and you will learn something, and uh, you'll make a better decision. So go check them out, the Kingston Group. Okay, uh, BroadwaySportsMedia.com is the website, Zach. All of your stuff has been up there going position by position and you, you still got the defense to go. So you, we'll talk about that a little bit next week. But when you look at what you've learned so far, I think common logic or at least sort of, sort of overwhelming thought is this team needs to surround Ryan Tannehill with some more weapons, in particular, a dynamic tight end, maybe some depth at wide receiver at running back and maybe even rework the offensive line. So you've gotten through a lot of the offense. Does what you've learned match up with the sort of, common logic about what this team should do in the offseason with its offense yeah I, I think that um it's not as dark and dire of a situation as everyone really felt it was at the end of the season I, I think when you look at the opportunities that are at every level of the offense that the titans have plenty of ways to go to easily course correct basically the disaster that was the 2021 offense i mean it was still a above average NFL offense, depending on what you look at, but ultimately it fell short when it mattered, but you can fix that just like the John Robinson was able to fix the defense in one off season. You can definitely look at this and say, man, there are some real opportunities, whether it's through rebuilding the offensive line, because let's be honest here. They're all getting older. If the same offensive line in 2021 started in 2022 first off that's a bad sign second off that would also be (laughs) 
four offensive linemen that are over the age of 30. And to me, that has to be the most expensive and oldest offensive line out there as far as when you look at the age. You would only have one player, and that's Nate Davis, under the age of 30. But there's opportunity there to fix that pretty easily in the draft. Uh, The free agent market, not so much. You maybe have like two realistic opportunities to try and fix something. And that depends on what this team feels like, feels about Dylan Radins. And we still don't really know what this team (laughs) thinks about Dylan Radins other than he's a real go-getter and all that kind of (laughs) crap that doesn't really mean much. It counts for something, Zach. It counts for something. It does with this team. Being a go-getter for this team, for this front office and staff means a whole lot more than actual talent. Look at David Questenberry getting all the starts at right tackle this year. It's just because he was a feel-good story and he's just one of the guys, you know, for the boys and whatever shit you want to throw out there that (laughs) ultimately doesn't matter to how good and how well you play in the NFL. I think that there's opportunities for wide receiver and tight ends to get extremely better. You do have opportunities to make your running back, your change of pace running back, that pass catcher, whatever it is you want to call it, better than relying on uh, Twitch enthusiast uh, Darrington Evans, who can't stay healthy, or relying on, you know, undrafted free agent Ike, or Ike Hilliard, uh, Dontrell Hilliard, <laughs> who you may not even know is going to be able to con- reproduce what he was last year. Like, is, does, isn't he just a younger Jeremy McNichols at this point? And then, of course, you got quarterback. And this is the big topic on everybody's mind. It's not going to go away, no matter how much us analysts probably scream to the void that we wish that it would go away. But they have a quarterback issue of the future, and that comes down to Ryan Tannehill. And you look at this draft versus next draft, they're kind of in a bind, right? I mean, you're a proponent of this. You you think that this could be a draft where they could potentially draft a quarterback in round one and that not be an issue, right? So so this is this is the discussion I wanted to have with you today primarily, which is should the Titans target a draft, target a quarterback in the first round? And uh, this comes with a lot of caveats. Like it right. comes with it comes with a lot of like if you believe this or if you think that. And I think the reason I, I say all of that is because n- number one, I, I you know, pick a mock draft. They're all mocks right now because before free agency, everyone's just guessing. They're but worthless. They're so worthless. They are. <laughs> but what you can look at is experts' rankings of prospects within a position. So you can see that Kenny Pickett is largely considered the most overall and game-ready quarterback of anybody out of, out of Pittsburgh. Malik Willis is largely regarded as the most talented quarterback in this draft class needs to learn how to not throw like five yard crossing routes at a thousand miles an hour because his arm is too talented. He's got, he's actually got a little bit of Michael Vick to his game. Um, and, and you can look at Matt Corral, who's a little undersized, but ran that Ole Miss offense. Great. Carson strong out of Nevada, Desmond Ritter, who's got accuracy issues, but has almost everything else you'd ever want at a, at at the quarterback position. The problem is, is that accuracy is not something you can really teach in the NFL. You either sort of can throw the football 38 yards downfield into a basket or you can't. It's hard to teach that. So point point being, a lot of guys agree on sort of who the best names are. I love Sam Howell, for example, out of North Carolina. The key is none of them are going to grade out in the top 10. Maybe the names move up the draft as the, as the first round unfolds, as we see with positions when there's a run on a position and people think they've got their guy. 
So this is why, here, here's my case, and you could tell me what you think. Number one, you can probably find your quote-unquote guy in the, let's say, 17 to 22 range in the first round, which wouldn't cost you a whole lot to move up to sort of get your guy because there's none of these guys that are going to go number two or three or five or six. We've seen lots of really good quarterbacks be drafted after the top 10, namely Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> We've seen a lot of these guys, you know, Lamar Jackson was picked 32nd. Like there's uh, hey, a lot Aaron of Rogers. Aaron Rod. Yeah. Like a lot of these guys, you know, almost everyone in the AFC has a first round draft pick, but a bunch of those guys were taken after number 10. So the question I have is if you trust John Robinson's evaluation and if John Robinson feels really strongly about one particular player and that he can get that guy at pick number 19, 20, 21, whatever it may be, without having to trade a fortune to go get him, he can sit for a year behind Tannehill, who's, got, who's owed 60 gazillion dollars this year, and but can, be, but can come off the books next year for, for a fairly affordable out in the contract. To me, it feels like the perfect scenario to create a succession plan for Ryan Tannehill. With the giant if and but being, I always love a giant but, Zach. I love those giant buts. Being, you better believe in the guy you go get. If, if it's Malik Willis, if it's Sam Howell, if it's Matt Corral, if it, you know, whoever it is, Kenny Pickett, you better believe that he is the starting guy. Now, Giving up, you know, drafting a, a quarterback in the first round doesn't hurt your franchise like it used to, you know, when Jamarcus Russell was drafted because the salary cap wage helps you keep those costs down. But that that is my argument. That that would be my argument. That is, this is the year you can find a guy at twenty four at, at twenty, develop him for a year because you know you've got Tannehill for this year, and then maybe move on to him the following season. That that would be my argument why the timing works. But again, that requires you to definitely be sure that so-and-so is your guy that's a that's a hard sell i think for the fan base to trade up for a guy because you don't have a second round pick and then you're probably giving up your third round pick yeah you have two fourth rounds so you go from drafting one guy and then you have to wait all the way to the fourth round technically without another trade up possibly to draft players that you desperately need holes to be filled for so I think that's a hard thing. And you would have to draft up it depending on who they like. And if Kenny Pickett is gone, but Malik Willis seems like the guy for the Pittsburgh Steelers at number 20. And if he, he is your guy as well, guess who you're going to have to draft, go jump up to 19th in front of them because he's not going to, it's like Najee Harris ever. The worst kept secret of the 2021 draft was that the <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers were going to draft Najee Harris with their first round pick. And it's looking that that is the way that this is going to go for Malik Willis and the Steelers. Uh, everything about what you've heard so far, and sure, there could be some smoke screens, but it just doesn't feel that way, right? It just seems it's a match made for those two teams. And if Kenny Pickett doesn't fall far enough, and Malik Willis is going to be there at 20th, and Kenny Pickett is not, you have to jump up in front of the Steelers, more than likely. That's a huge risk for this team as it currently sits. Because like you said, free agency hasn't even started. We have no clue what the rest of this offense looks like due to free agency. So it could be a bunch of different, there could be more options. But then you're talking about trying to get a young wide receiver in the fourth round that's you can grow with A.J. Brown 
and then you got tied in needs and then you know you got players like dylan parham and tyler smith who are perfect for this offensive line and what they want to do zion johnson yeah i mean it's just to me man is just such a huge risk all right i can i can can hear your apprehension and i'm okay with that i understand it because again i don't think any of these quarterbacks are starting star quarterbacks like my like I'm, i'm even making this argument by actually admitting i don't see a superstar in this group right now now here I, I know Teron, I talked to Teron Davenport on this show a couple of weeks ago, and he said his favorite quarterback option in this class was Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati. And here's the, and I like Sam Howell out of North Carolina. Here is a twist to all of this. If they all start to fall and you can move back from 26 to, right. to 30 or even into the second round, which of course there's some contract issues there when you move back, but let's say you love Desmond Ritter or you love Sam Howell. Again, I don't like, Ritter's accuracy issues but he's a great leader big size athletic sort of can do everything that the Titans want him to do absolute winner I think he's a a really nice player but you you could get him maybe like in the 40s what what if your guy and John Robinson's evaluation process is all right Ritter or Sam Howell and I'm going to get him at 38 and you move back you pick up an extra second round pick now how do you feel I feel great I mean I I think I think (laughs) here's the here's the difference is I think that if you don't have to lose draft picks, but you can pick up extra draft picks, that's a win for any, any time. I, I don't think there's not a first round guy outside of maybe the, um, the wide receivers, especially specifically the sec wide receivers, Traylon Burks and Jamison Williams. I don't think that there's a guy in the first round that you have to have that you can't find a guy of equal value. Like, okay, those are great wide receivers, but you could probably get with that extra second round pick a quarterback and John Mechie. Or you can get uh, George Pickens. Like you can get these guys that the value is a little bit more even kill for everybody. And then you still can use your other draft picks like you should on tight ends, offensive tackles, offensive guards, all that kind of stuff that you need. So I'm I'm with you. The the problem that I have, the Titans are just in in a tough spot. Because if you draft a quarterback in the first or second round this year, then that guy's got to be ready for next year. Not necessarily that he has to be, but ideally you want that guy to be the guy to take over. If you hate Ryan Tannehill and hate his contract and want him gone, the best thing that Titans can do is find a draft a quarterback that they love in this draft because you're not going to be in a position because Ryan Tannehill is good enough to keep you down in the low twenties and the, or I guess high twenties, I guess, and low thirties in the draft board and the draft process, which is going to make it harder for you to get yeah. a guy next year. That is this top tier. These people who want, you're not going to get, Bri- you're not going to yeah. get Bryce. I'm young. with it. Yeah, I would love Bryce Young, but you're not getting him. <laughs> like, there's just no way unless Tannehill goes down with an injury, which knock on wood, no Titans fans should really want because then it's a wasted year. You've wasted everybody's yeah. year. Yeah. Once again, yeah. again, maybe you could get up to like eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. And, yeah. and like, like the Chiefs did with Mahomes, they went up and got a guy or Deshaun Watson was actually drafted outside, I believe, of the top 10. You, you know, you could go up and get those guys. But Bryce Young's going one like he's right. <laughs> like you. You can't get from even even if the Titans are like 22nd in the draft, which would be like a, a wild card team that loses in the first round, which I wouldn't pick that. But let's say it happens. Even that's almost impossible to go from 22 to, to two. So I, I agree. So this this also leads us to. All right, last question. Matt Corral at 26. Yes or no? 
I would be fine. I, I think I would it'd be a very indifferent. I'd be just, yeah. I'd be like, okay, well, I can see why they did it. I can see that there's going to be something there to improve upon. And this gets you a lot of Ryan Tannehill insurance. And then, you know, you just wait till the third round to grab a wide receiver, which listen, here's the thing. Everybody thinks these wide receivers or these players, there's only 32 players that can go in round one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, they all, like they all can't go. Yeah. Christian Fulton ends up in the second round. Harold Landry ends up in the second round yeah. and you, and you just snap them right up. It's, it's how and it works. Everybody's this year, more than any year so far is that everybody's top 100 or their big boards are drastically different. You're going to find wide receivers in the third round that can do what your second and first round wide receivers can do because eventually there's only so many players that go in those two rounds. Here's my issue with Matt Corral. I love the college player. He's Baker Mayfield to me. He's short. He's undersized. He's got a big arm, uh, but he played in a spread offense that is not going to be what it looks like in the NFL. And earlier in his career had some interesting, uh, you know, brouhaha's on the field so i think he's baker mayfield which leads us to all right if you're not going to draft a quarterback and we and we don't think we can go up and get one in 2023 what is the long-term relationship between ryan Tannehill and the tennessee titans because we know there's an out after the 2023 contract there could be guys available Derek carr not the not the aaron Rodgers, russell wilson guys that are going to cost you like three first round picks we're we're we're, i'm talking about more of these middle tier names like the baker mayfields actually ironically um what what is the fee like are they going to bring him back for four more years like he's 30 he'll be 34 next year like what is the what is the 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 long-term relationship between ryan Tannehill and the titans i think titans fans are going to hate this they're going to hate to hear this as as a whole but if the titans do not draft a quarterback in this draft that they fall in love with you know throughout not only the draft process but the offseason process and love his work ethic love this what they see and they just glow about him all freaking season long right <laughs> if they don't find that guy in this draft titans fans probably need to start you know being resigned to the fact that that last 2023 contract number is probably going to turn into some sort of extension for two more years and he could be here till 2025 because you have to at least lower down the cap hit, but you have to have a quarterback until you have a quarterback yeah. option with the way that it's looking like. I mean, what I love about the combine, a lot of people hate combine. The, the numbers are great. They, they, if you take those with the tape, it's a great, you know, combination of figuring out what a draft prospect is, but what's best about the combine is everybody getting together, getting drunk at St. Elmo's. You're talking about GMs, coaches, and reporters all in the same spot. And that's where you hear the real juicy details of what's going on in the NFL. And so far, the buzz around the combine is is that the Packers are renegotiating with Aaron Rodgers, which means that he's going to be locked in with them for two or three more years. Big, No big surprise. Russell Wilson probably isn't going anywhere this year as well. Maybe next year. But if he's a free agent, you, then you get to the Deshaun Watson stuff. Like there's all yeah, kinds of yeah. things that it, every every quarterback option you could throw out there that is in either the same as Ryan Tannehill or an improvement on Ryan Tannehill comes with like 13 caveats and 13 butts. And this is this why point, dra- this is why drafting one that you love this year and having him sit for the one year, and then Tannehill rides off into the sunset, and you get to start your guy. That is why it works so well right now, right? It, it works, but you got to have that guy. Yeah, I know. The, the problem know. is, is 
is that guy in here? Is is Malik Willis, Josh Sam Allen, Howell. and Patrick Mahomes? Like, that's what you're looking for, right? You're looking for the guys that everybody was really out on that can take this to another level. Is he Lamar Jackson? Is he... Um, I'm telling you. All those guys. Sam Howell is a Drew Brees light. I'm telling you. He, more athletic than you realize. Great arm. A little undersized. Put up huge numbers at a college program that's not a premier program. Um, he is... He, Sam Howell is my guy. I want them to trade back to 45, draft Sam Howell, and sit on him for a year. Teach him the the the, the system and have him come in and just do what Ryan Tannehill does, but with more accuracy and more arm talent. <laughs> my guy's a kill. My guy's a kill glass. I talk about him all the time. Okay. All right. He's, he's big. He's prototypical. You know, that big guy, he looks kind of like a more in shape Ben Roethlisberger. Like if Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger was actually in shape, cause he's going to be a hard guy to bring down yeah, and okay. he's going to be a guy that can run you over when he's, you know, rushing yeah. the football, which yeah. he doesn't do that often. And he is a, a passer who can make all the throws. All right. But but how do you evaluate him? Because I don't even think he's getting into the actual combine, which I think is a big disservice to him, particularly. So I let me ask you this question. Looking at these SEC 20, they don't draft a quarterback this year. Looking at the SEC 2023 quarterback class, I see guys like Hendon Hooker, right? Who has taken a step in a Josh Hoople off or Josh Heupel offense and he is someone that reminds me he has the arm and the talent for he he can overthrow his guys pretty easily because he has that arm talent. Maybe another year his accuracy improves, but he's a guy that reminds me of a Malik Willis that has all these intangibles, but he seems like a safer pick than Malik then. And I'm not saying you draft him in the first round, mind you. No, I, I don't. I don't think Hendon Hooker is an NFL quarterback. You don't think he is at all? No, because no. I, I think I, he can make those throws. I need to see it this year because I do right. think I do think this crop of SEC quarterbacks is going to be the best we've seen since 2013 when it was Johnny Manziel, Aaron Murray, Dak Prescott, Connor Shaw, James Franklin, Josh Dobbs played that year a little bit for Tennessee. Ooh, that's a lot of that's a lot of rough names Zach for Medford. the NFL when you look at for the NFL. Yeah, none of them were good NFL names, but they were all yeah. great college names. And I think you're going to see a lot of that other than Bryce Young. I think you're going to see a lot of that this year. It's going to be one of the best quarterback classes we've ever seen collections of guys in the sec but like will levis is not an nfl quarterback but a really good player for kentucky hendon hooker i think kj jefferson has a chance to be a star for arkansas he's got built from the cam newton mold 6'5, 235 if he can put the arm talent together with the athletic ability he's got a chance to be a draft pick um will rogers at, at, at mississippi state's going to get pigeonholed into that system quarterback deal um, Spencer Rattler could be a guy that comes out uh, of the draft. Jackson Dart is playing it uh, a big time recruit transferred to Ole Miss. See, those last three names, I think, are the most intriguing names. They're the most talented. This. Yeah, because I think that, like, I you, you're right. Will Rogers is getting pivot, you know, gonna be you know pigeonholed into that spread kind of offense kind of deal. But the talent's there, right? I mean, yeah. Do do all quarterbacks? have to you know have a spread offense in college after <laughs> or spread offense in uh the nfl to be a successful like no, no no outside of bryce young who is the guy that you think right now not projecting right now is nfl ready wow that's a really tough question um wow i nfl ready right now it, it, or the best shot Best Stetson, shot. It might be KJ Jefferson at Arkansas. It, it might be him. 
because of the 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 sort of this like he would go to the combine and just wow people like he yeah he, and, and he's been a leader he's been in shootouts Arkansas is way better than we thought they were going to be because of his leadership um I think Hooker's how much of in, that was Traylon Burks Burks is great I, they, there is something about the buy-in at Arkansas that's happened that people like they're all just bought into the to Sam Pittman the coaching staff but I, I think a lot of it's Jefferson I think he is that good um Stetson Bennett has no NFL ability um I don't see you know some of these younger guys like Miles Brennan at LSU's got some upside Haynes King at A&M's got some upside actually the best guys in the SEC from a draft standpoint are all going to be these five-star freshmen that came in like Connor Wagman at 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 A&M and Brock Vandegriff at Georgia like all these backups who are five-star prospects I think this is a great collection of quarterbacks in the SEC I'm not sure other than Bryce Young I can pinpoint one that is for sure an NFL starter starting quarterback except for I love this guy Anthony Richardson at Florida is going to be a superstar he looks like Tebow plays like Tebow plays like Cam Newton but he is only a sophomore so he would actually be two classes away so um there's definitely some guys worth scouting though you know yeah <laughs> will will rogers hendon hooker kj jefferson you know all those guys are worth looking at and so i think a lot of those guys are going to get drafted i just don't know how many of them are like first second round guys if that if that if that makes sense yeah so. i think a lot of the the sec quarterbacks probably you're looking at 2024 to yep. seeing the, the yep. bulk of them be ready or 2025 yep. but i do think that you know kj jefferson hendon hooker and um Oh man, we were just we're, talking about Will, Will, Will Rogers, Rogers probably yeah, have a have a three. have a huge chance to up yep. their draft stock if they keep improving in the system that they're already in because that's what you want to see. Desmond Ritter improved year year after year after year in the same system yep. and it was a pro style offense. Granted that not all these are in a pro style offense or they're spread and all that kind of stuff, but you want to see improvement when you have consistency. If they all take a yep. step back or if one takes a step back or whatever you know, that, that really hurts their chances of really improving what they can do for an NFL team at the next level. Zach, every system now is a pro style offense, every single one in college. <laughs> Pretty much. It's, right. I mean, the, like it doesn't yeah, feel that way with the exception of the triple option. Every single system is a pro style system. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking of a system quarterback, Zach, you, you are the host of <laughs> you're one of the hosts <laughs> of the football and other efforts podcast. What do you guys got coming up on your episode this week? Uh, we're, we're taking a hiatus this week because of the oh. vacation. And so next week we'll dive into a lot of the salary cap free agency stuff that has happened in between now and then and, and preview or review a lot of the combine stuff. Let, let me say this. There is nobody in the Nashville market that does more when it comes to free agency that it, about contracts, about the salary cap than myself. <laughs> and I'm going to throw it out there because the, everybody tries to duplicate it. You start seeing now after last season where I did a bunch of free agency trackers, free agency 101. They're all now trying to copy me and they're still failing at it because they still fail to grasp the nuances of an NFL contract. I am your guy. So that will be basically the most of the offseason is going to be about breaking down, you know, the team. But they're mainly their free agency moves for the yep. foreseeable future and previewing certain draft guys that we have our eyes on. Cut, cutting Roger Saffold and Taylor Lewan. There you go. Zach is your guy for all contract negotiations and or free agency, and he will tell you about it. Make sure you check yep. out the Football and Other F-Words podcast, Broadway Sports Media, of course, uh, broadwaysportsmedia.com. Of course, you can check out all of our stuff on the YouTube, so make sure you go check it out on the YouTube and the socials as well. Special thanks to our sponsor, the Kingston Group, for hanging out with us and making sure this show takes place each and every day. 
Nashville's locally owned custom home award-winning uh, firm there. Obviously, buildkg.com is the website. So remember the name, the Kingston Group, before you do any big work on your house. For Zach, my name is Braden Gall. Thank you guys all for listening. This has been the 440 for Wednesday, March 2nd. Thank you.